1: inspirational motivational something excerpt taken from the financial freedom weekly newsletter wherever you are if you're listening on Spotify on iTunes Google be sure to click the like subscribe share comment and without ado let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health, freedom. And in that light, I'm always interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs on the cutting edge, impacting the world, and doing good. So today, we have um, Dan Peterson, and his uh, goal is to use 25 years of business management, and ownership to add value for listeners on topics ranging from business, entrepreneurship, marketing. So he is the um, founder uh, and CEO of Flip Switch Social Media. And it's going to be a great conversation about pursuing your passions, entrepreneur, family, parenting. And with that, I welcome Dan to the show. Welcome. Thanks,
0: Chris. I appreciate having me on.
1: Yeah, I know we had uh, connected through Podmatch, and um, tell us more about, you know, you, how you got started, your business, and we'll delve into it.
0: Sure. So it's a, it's a long story, but I'll make it really short. So I'm 43 years old. I grew up in a small town, central Illinois, and uh, in that town, my family, when I say family, I mean my parents, grandparents, aunt and uncle, they ran a Ben Franklin store, which is... it's For those of you listeners that might not know what that is, it's a precursor to Walmart, basically. So retail store, it's got everything and everything. And I grew up in that until I was uh, basically in high school. Uh, Then I managed different businesses for the next decade or so, quit doing that, formed a rock band, did that (laughs) for five years, and then ended up moving to Chicago, up where I'm at right now, for the band but the band didn't work out and I had to get a real job. So I started going uh, door to door and I found that I was really, really good at it, like top 1% in the country. So uh, I found my niche there and then uh, ended up owning three different sales offices from Chicago, central Illinois and Houston, Texas and uh, managed a thousand different sales reps in those offices combined uh, trained and managed over time. So uh, yeah, it's, I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different industries but um i can speak to a lot of things
1: that's why you're perfect for this podcast you're full of stories and um so uh and what's really interesting is you found your niche in uh door-to-door selling which is you know a very interesting skill
0: it's it's a very interesting skill something i never dreamed i would have been doing uh and i should add that i only did that for a few years and then i ended up starting flip switch back in 2012 so flip switch is uh over a decade old now but uh, but yeah, the door to door thing was really crazy. It was um, something that I never thought I would do. And I just fell in love with it right away. I mean, it took like one training and I was like, this is really fun. Mm-hmm. And some people hate it, of course, because you get told no a million times a week. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I loved it. I loved losing. I loved the fact that somebody could tell me no at their door and I had a chance to go win at the next door. Yeah. And I could do that for An infinite amount of doors so the game was never you know the game never stopped so it was really cool i I enjoyed it
1: you have this idea where you know most people think losing is bad but you have this idea this counterintuitive idea that losing is awesome and uh, elaborate on that
0: well i think it's just a mindset and i didn't always have that trust me i uh developed that with age i guess you could say but uh and experience in different businesses but i think that there's just uh you know, two sides to the coin. There's two ways you can look at it and you can either decide and I'll, I'll relate this to the door to door because it's a really good analogy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that I worked with over the years that couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the rejection. And I mean, that people would start. You talk about a high turnover rate. I mean, people would start and stop, you know, get hired and quit the same day many, many times. And uh, it was because they couldn't handle that rejection. And I never took it personally. I just looked at it as a challenge. And every door was a different game. Every door was a different challenge. And uh, and I think that's what I liked about it so much. So, uh, So yeah, it's just two sides of the same coin. But some people can't handle that negative side of it. And I guess I didn't have a problem with that. But there's so many lessons in that. I always wanted to write a memoir of it, called like a memoir of a door to door salesman or something, and just relate it all to life because you learn so much in that job. I recommend everybody drop what they're doing right now and go door to door. Just do it for a year, nothing else.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, you know you, the, your passion comes out and um, it's very evident. And for you know a lot of um, a lot of the listeners, they have this you know stable, you know they follow the traditional path. But how does someone really find their passion?
0: You know, trying a lot of things is really how it works. Um, I've been told many times, like, how many, you know, my wife would even ask me, like, how many jobs have you had? She was still finding out well after we were married, different jobs that I had. And, I mean, I managed uh, two different lumberyards. I ran two different pizza places. I worked with people with disabilities. um, And that's actually where I met my wife. Um, I've delivered sandwiches. uh, You know, I mean, I've done every kind of job you can think of. Um, even helped my grandpa back in the day, uh, who was a bricklayer, I mean, with hard labor, you know, mixing mortar and laying bricks. And I mean, you can name a job in any industry, and I've probably done something close to it. So just trying a lot of things and finding what you enjoy, and then finding a way to monetize it is the key. Um, And, you know, living within your means too, if if you, so many people just uh, have to keep up with the Joneses, and that's a very difficult game to play because uh you never have enough you know when you're never satisfied you never feel satisfied and so it's just uh it's all mental and it's just something that i think i've i've developed over time and now i'm trying to help like younger entrepreneurs like you know it's a popular thing now to uh try to found a business or like a new app or a new website company and all these things that are out there and having run a digital agency now for over a decade i've been able to see that side of it the more b2b side and uh and seeing that there's a lot of people out there trying to do a lot of different things so now i'm trying to help them a little bit not make some of the mistakes that i made along the way
1: yeah it's interesting how you mentioned the your consumerist culture and sort of this rat race and keeping up with the jones mm. and uh one thing is uh with this thing this idea about success and you talk about forgetting about money. Uh, it's not, you know, how much we can hoard and how much, you know, what mentions and all of this. Uh, tell us your viewpoints on money and success, and because I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions. Well, I
0: think it's really evident in society. You kind of touched on it a second ago. You know, so many people are just miserable, and you really see it when when you're in my industry and in social media, which is obviously like everything now, <laughs> and you're constantly online looking at comments and questions and and all of that and you're looking at it from a macro perspective and it's like oh my gosh people are just miserable and <laughs> they're all trying to chase something you know whatever that may be whether it's money or um, now with social media people are trying to chase fame you know they're really thinking like oh i can go be the next youtube star and they they can and people do it every day but i think that a lot of people just don't have the they don't have it in the right framed perspective to be able to, and and the I guess the better way to put it, they don't have the self-awareness to say like, Hey, I, I'm really not cut out for this. So they push themselves to do something like maybe it is be a YouTube star or an Instagram influencer or whatever, and they're not good at it, but they try it and then it hurts them mentally. And then they try a different thing and it doesn't work. You know, like instead of just settling in, finding their passion or finding something that entertains them mm-hmm. and then doing that, it, it's it's just, again, it's a different way to look at things. So, yeah, I think America especially, but the world in general has a big issue with how they define success. And it's here's the other thing, too, Chris. It's It's the way people look at everybody else at scale now because now you've got the Internet and you can see everybody else what they're doing. So you're held against a standard that you impose upon yourself for everybody else you're looking at 500 friends on Facebook well what are they doing and it's all a highlight reel right they're all just taking pictures of themselves on vacation and the happy family moments they're not looking at the fight they had with their wife that morning they're not looking, you know they're not posting about the the car that just broke down right after the furnace went out and so on so it's it's a uh, problem that people have and the internet has exacerbated it to a certain degree because now people can see it all but um but at the same time now you know I'm trying to kind of impart the same wisdom and say like, look, there's a different way to look at it and you don't have to look at everything through that. The Jones's, you know, chasing the Joneses lens.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, you've, you, you uh, bring up a very good point. Cause you know, you run a social media uh, company and um, especially in today's, you mentioned uh, the, um, the internet has allowed, you know, social uh, at scale. And we live in a digital world and, children how do you help especially children mental health and eating disorders bullying all this uh how do you Mm. how do you cut through the noise and help them find their way
0: yeah it's really tough um i think it it starts with a strong family you know i think the the more that you can build um confidence in in your kids and have them feel a you know like they're important and they're i don't know heard or whatever word you want to use but Having that self confidence at a home level is where it starts, I think, and then just putting good things into them. You know, not letting them. Um, it sounds so old fashioned, but not letting them get in with the wrong crowd. You know, I mean that that's something that you can look at in real life, like person to person, but also digitally. You know, there's there's groups on Facebook, there's groups on all these platforms, Snapchat, Instagram, everything else, and if they're following negativity and they're looking at things through that lens, like I just mentioned, where they feel like they're never catching up to their friends and their friends are always doing something better or more fun. When you look at it through that lens, it's, it becomes really dangerous because Mm -hmm. that that's what's hard on the mental health. I think kids to a certain degree can get over some of the bullying and some of the things, and I'm not putting that down at all. I'm not discounting the fact that that's a big deal, Mm -hmm. but I think that we underestimate some of the level of how kids are, capable of overcoming that stuff i think instead of necessarily focusing on how we get rid of the problem it's more building up the solution side of it so that they have the tools in their arsenal to be able to to combat that when it when it does make sense
1: yeah it's uh you know especially especially when with the meta when web 3 and the metaverse and you know basically Mm -hmm. we can go we basically go into any virtual world that you know children mental health is going to be very um important um and uh you know as a as a parent and as an entrepreneur you know in the social media landscape uh how do you see parents handling the good and bad of social media in this day and age
0: i think it's a fine line between allowing your kids to be on platforms at a certain age and not as well as making sure that you have some oversight into that if they are on those platforms i think too many parents in this day and age turn their kids loose on social media at a really young age and i'm talking like eight nine ten year olds on snapchat that kind of thing uh, and they don't check in they don't see what's going on they don't try to follow up they don't look through their their kids texts or their you know at least ask their kid about hey how's things going it's it's very much a, a digital babysitter in a lot of regards for a lot of people. And I think that that's very dangerous. And uh, it's not, I'm, obviously, I'm not anti social media because I run a social media agency. But we, for example, I have a, at, at the time that you and I are talking right now, I have a 13 year old, 11 year old, and four year old, all daughters. And the 13, 11 year old, neither one of them are on social media. The 13 year old's probably getting close. You know, I'm probably to that point, but. She'll be going into high school this year, and that's about kind of when I set a mental, you know, kind of hurdle and said, okay, at this at this time, we'll allow it or something. But um, but we even held off getting her a a phone that could handle all of that. You know, we got her a phone that was like basic, and you can call and text. But now she's got an iPhone and all that stuff. But it we were behind compared to every parent that I pretty much know, Um, and that's partially because I know what's out there because I live in it. I live in this industry. And I know that it's dangerous, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be overprotective either. I'm just trying to maintain a little bit of their old school childhood that I had growing up in the 1980s where, you know, everybody rode their bikes around and did all that. And I'm I'm not naive enough to think that that's how it is anymore. I understand. <laughs> but there's a little bit of, I don't know, um, whatever I'm trying to say, like a little passion for the the past there that I'm trying to hang on to, I guess. Yeah, but. Yeah. But it's tough. And I don't try to tell parents what to do. You know, I, I give suggestions and stuff. I, every family is different. Some kids are much more uh, mentally uh, astute and able to handle things like this. And others, I think, are way behind in the uh, EQ game and not able to handle it. So it's on a case by case basis.
1: Yeah, these are, this is wonderful advice. And, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of um, reach out now, especially the Gen Z um uh cohort and they're saying um especially with college what's interesting is a lot of you know exit the u.s news rankings um it's very expensive you know there's questions of bias so how would you like what do you what do you tell your kids you know how important is getting a college degree because you know kind of gen z sort of questioning you know do i need to get a do i need to go to college i can you know start a company and what are your thoughts
0: I am on the unpopular side of this opinion, and I don't think that uh, in most cases college is necessary, not in this day and age with technology the way it is and the ability to, to learn a lot of things and do a lot of things without a quote unquote formal education. That being said, obviously there's still a place for it. I mean, I would not, you know, you're a doctor. I definitely don't want you <laughs> learning how to be a doctor off of YouTube and treating me. So um, I am fully aware that there are situations, you know, accountants, engineers, architects, all these things, obviously the skilled uh, positions that need education. And it, it has a certain element of weeding out, right? I mean, it does weed out a certain level of uh, lazier, less motivated student that you don't want to be your doctor as well. but on that note, I think that there's, uh, you know, we're still hanging on to the past in this country, especially, and and globally, honestly, where there's that old um, adage that, you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you work 30, 40 years and die. And that's kind of it. <laughs> and I think now with the, uh, the fact that we have the internet and this, you know, powerful phone in my hand right here, that we can see and do so many more things now and there, we understand what's available to us as a as a culture and as humans. And I just don't feel that people I, I feel that people are catching on to it. And the jig is up. And it's also a very expensive babysitting scenario. Again, like, you know, you got my kids, I told them to answer your question, like you better know what you want to do. If you're if you're going to go to college, you need to really go because you either know what you want to do or have a very good idea. But if you don't, go travel. Go do something for a couple of years. Go live life and learn. I, I, Looking back, I can't imagine now thinking when I was 18 or 19 that I had a clue of what life was going to bring or what I was going to do or anything. And I get it. Like my one daughter, she's definitely you know, she's probably going to be a teacher. She just really, really wants to do it. That might change in the next four or five years. Who knows? But she's really bent on being a teacher. And that's fine if that's what she wants to do. But if you don't know what you're going to do, and you're just going to college to get a piece of paper because you think it's going to get you a better job, I mean that that ship has sailed a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a big fan. (laughs) To put it in three words or less,
1: I think uh, you're right. It it has its place, you know, especially if you're going to do like a professional or you need like these skilled. um, Mm. But then, like I said, the internet and you know, especially blockchain uh, technologies, really opened up so many doors and you know you don't really if you're going to go that route you don't really need it and you know there's value of doing other things so right um, you well know. and
0: hopefully it gets to a point where people don't need you know i think there's a, a mindset where people will go to college to get what that you know we always heard a good job right you want to get a good job well what is a good job <laughs> i mean the trades for example are heavily needed right now you know plumbers pipe fitters all you know that's something that i in a huge advocate for like everybody should go to trade school right now you'll make really good money and you'll have a good job and and so on but i say everyone going back to my previous point only if that's something that you're interested in doing just going and getting a job for the sake of getting a job is not i think life's too short for that yeah simply put
1: yeah and especially with covid covid really shook up the whole world and made people like wake up and like like realize that you only have one life you know yolo and really uh, you know nothing is guaranteed so
0: that's exactly right that was that's the best thing that came out of that couple years of all that craziness <laughs> was i think people had a lot of time to sit and think and yeah. realize that there's a lot more out there that's available to them besides what their grandparents and their parents have told them to do
1: uh you know a really interesting conversation you know res- i'm sure it resonates with. A lot of people, especially um, the younger generation. Uh, one thing is last question is um, mm-hmm. if you could do anything differently in the last twenty years, would you do the same thing do differently, and any regrets?
0: No regrets. Um, the only thing I would probably do differently from like an entrepreneurial business standpoint would be to to move a little bit slower with my with my growth expectations. I think that I came out swinging, thinking like this thing is going to blow up and turn it you know and just really take off and and having set my expectations a little bit differently back you know a decade ago or so i probably would have saved myself a little bit of mental stress because i expected to be a different place at a different time and just looking at it through that uh type of scenario but um but no regrets um i would give advice to younger entrepreneurs or people that are trying to do their own thing now especially with the capabilities that are of around now compared to it, even a decade ago. I mean, just look how much room we've got now a decade later um, from when social media really hit. And I would tell them to just go out and do more stuff. Just do it as much, you know, like you're going to live a lot longer, so do it and uh, and rely on medicine to save you in the end or whatever, you know what I mean? But like thinking that uh, you have to get a job right out of college and, or high school, I mean, and all that is it's craziness. So I did go to college. I didn't graduate with a degree. I've got I don't even know 150 credit hours or something crazy, but I was actually a med student in the beginning and then uh I wish I would have stuck with that, but I I didn't. I went into business and then ended up managing and owning a couple different places and never going back. Didn't need to. But uh and it which saved me a lot of money, too. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I don't know. No regrets. I I don't look in the past too much.
1: And that's the best thing is that uh, you know, I I talked to a lot of, you know, people in their eighties. And one thing is the, the best advice I ever got when I was um, in my twenties was don't, don't die with regret, you know, really, cause you only have mm-hmm. one life. You don't want to be at 80 and realize you wasted, you know, wasted your life. So, hundred um, percent, and uh, that's exactly right. So great. You know, I, I love this conversation. How can people uh, reach out to you? I know you're um flip switch, social media, how can they reach out, contact you, follow you?
0: Yeah, you can find uh, my company everywhere, Flip Switch. Now I'm having trouble saying it too. Flip Switch Social Media. Um, And then my personal side of things, if you want to just reach out and find me, it's Dan Peterson Official, because there's other Dan Petersons. So I had to do something different. So Dan (laughs) Peterson Official, I usually have a pink kind of looks like a 1980s vinyl record album looking logo, which is kind of my nod to both my past and my kids, you know, having three girls, I have the pink logo. So uh, it's pretty easy to find if you look for it. But yeah, I'd I'd be happy to speak to anybody that wants to talk about any of this stuff.
1: Awesome. Uh, Great conversation. Be sure to check out uh, Dan. He's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And uh, his website is flip switch social media. And with that, thanks so much for a great conversation.
0: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it very much.